BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. And by Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Inflation is going through the roof. Graham Ledger owns gold and silver, and you should consider it too. Go to bh-pm.com, bh-pm.com, or call 866-3-GOLD-25, 866-3-GOLD-25 for Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange. Thank you. All right, Mr. News. Hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, a bombshell. The greatest indictment of all vote by mail that's not reported in the mainstream media. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego... One anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. But we're seeing what happens when you have dishonest and rigged elections. This is what happens. This is what you get. Our nation is being destroyed from within by people who have no right to destroy it. No right. They have no right to destroy it. As everyone here understands, the 2020 election, that presidential election, which was such a great day at 10 o'clock, it was over. Pennsylvania, Trump is winning by a lot. Arizona, Trump is winning by a lot. We don't even talk about Alabama. That There was nothing they could do with this one. There was nothing. And it'll go down. You're going to see things happening. It'll go down as the most corrupt election in American history and almost probably in any history. The evidence of the fraud is monumental and more is coming out. Just recently, Wisconsin election officials admitted they removed more than 200,000 voters. By the way, that's 10 times more than I need to win. 10 times more. 200,000 from the voter rolls, and they did it. Unfortunately, why didn't they move them before the election? They removed them after the election. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
They removed these names after the election was over, approximately 20 times more than we needed. Earlier this month, it was revealed that in Georgia, ballots were rejected by machines and illegally altered by hand to remove marks for Trump and instead cast votes for Joe Biden. You'll see that coming out. You're going to see many of them. In some states, you had a little thing, a little problem. More votes than voters, a little problem. Take a look at Detroit. Sir, they have many more votes than they have voters. Oh, that doesn't sound so good, does it, huh? And I needed just a little bit, just a little bit. Didn't need all, didn't need much of it. For example, in Nevada, it was recently discovered that 15 out of the state's 17 counties had more votes than voters in 2020. Think of that, Nevada, run by Democrats. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. In Arizona, 11,000 individuals are now listed as having voted who were not even on the rolls the day after the election. They weren't listed on the rolls. None of the margins in the state, remember this, the margin was less than 11,000 substantially. So that was much more than we needed. That was just one of many categories. The Arizona auditors have also collected a sworn affidavit stating that county election workers abolish signature matching entirely. Okay, well, that sounds reasonable. No signature. In other words, whose signature is it? We're not allowed to match. Oh, that's great. Maricopa County has refused to comply with an official subpoena to provide images of the envelopes, which were this would prove whether they indeed counted ballots with no signatures at all. Many of the ballots weren't signed. They were just thrown in there. Finally, a recent trend analysis of all 50 states based on population growth, voter history, and voter registration data by one of the most respected people in that industry, somebody so respected, military person, Captain Seth Cashel found over 8 million excess Biden votes. In other words, he had 8 million more votes than he's supposed to have. And his estimate is conservative. He considered it very conservative. And I believe he said he didn't even go to the machines. This is without even looking at the machines. Remember, I'm not the one trying to undermine American democracy. I am the one trying to save American democracy. Stop tape. If this doesn't infuriate you, I don't know what will make you mad. Now, if you're a radical Marxist Democrat and you live in California or New York or perhaps Washington State, Oregon, you probably say, oh, this man is demented. He's got orange hair and he sends out mean tweets. But let's say, just for the sake of argument, Donald Trump is only correct uh, 10% of what he's saying. It still should infuriate you if you happen to care about this thing called the franchise. If we don't have our vote, ladies and gentlemen, if our vote is not protected, if our vote does not have integrity, if there is not election integrity, and we'll be talking with Ruth Weiss from the Election Integrity Project in just a couple of minutes about this. If we do not have election integrity, what do we have? 
in this republic? What do we have in this so-called democracy that really isn't a democracy? It's a representative republic or a constitutional republic. The framers of the Constitution didn't want a democracy, but they did want us to have our precious right to vote, and they wanted it to be protected. And so in Article 2 of the United States Constitution, it gives the states the rights to dispense and take care of and execute the vote. The problem is the framers of the Constitution never envisioned what we're seeing in many of these blue states and ostensibly because of the pandemic in many red states. And that is vote by mail. And I'm going to show you an indictment of vote by mail. Not just all vote by mail, but any vote by mail. And it was done by, a, I'm going to use the word obscure, nonprofit foundation. Just went over the election numbers, crunched them in 2020. And they went back several decades and they looked at the malfeasance through vote by mail and there's a pattern here. And of course, it was exacerbated in 2020 because of all these blue states and some red states that went vote by mail. And many of these states went all vote by mail. And I want to remind you that the recall election in California of Governor Gavin Newsom is all vote by mail. It infuriates me and com confounds me when I hear these intelligent people go on the radio and television and online on social media and they say, well, it all boils down to voter turnout in California. <laughs> voter turnout? What are you talking about? Everybody, everybody with a heartbeat in California and then some, and we'll talk about that in a moment, what I mean by and then some, everybody with a heartbeat in California is going to get a ballot mailed to them. This, okay? Voter turnout is sitting right in front of them on the coffee table or on the dining room table or wherever people keep their mail. Voter turnout? Everybody in California is a likely voter if they're getting a ballot. Whether, by the way, you're legal or not, that's the way it's going to go down. And that's the way the Democrats want it. Because... When you go to all vote by mail, you institutionalize voter fraud and voter corruption. And all the ways that Donald Trump just listed have to do with vote by mail. He mentioned Detroit. How all of a sudden these votes start flooding in there and then in the end there are mo more votes than there are registered voters. More votes than registered voters. And nobody cares. And nobody cares. Nevada, don't you care? 15 of your 19 counties, more votes than registered voters. Don't you care if you're a Democrat? Do you want to win so badly? Do you want to destroy the guy with orange hair so badly that you don't care about election integrity? We have no constitutional republic. We have no representative republic if we don't have voter integrity, if we don't have a fair vote. You have a banana republic. You have Venezuela. You have a joke system like they have in Cuba. I don't even know what they do in North Korea. I know what they do in Russia, and it's a joke. Vladimir Putin wins by a landslide again. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, there, of course, they had a guy who once ruled the 
what was then the Soviet Union, who often said, it's really not who votes, it's who counts the votes. And that's what we're talking about now, unfortunately, in this country. Elections have consequences. They have major consequences. And I want to run through a couple before we, we chat with Ruth Rice. I also want to remind you this program is brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to my website and you can learn about Relief Factor if you click on the homepage there. Take it directly to Relief Factor. Also, my pillow, same thing. Support my pillow, you support Graham Ledger. That's how we keep this program going. And uh, if, if you don't see the warning signs in the stock market, all these new highs and the bubble that's being created, and the need to protect you, your family, and your assets by buying either physical gold and silver or ETF gold and silver, then I don't know what to tell you, but it's coming. And, and you know how big the bubble is? I don't know. But you have to diversify. If you're not diversified, please go to Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Again, go to my website. There's a link there. Um, their phone number, by the way, if you're interested, is 8663-GOLD-25. If you're interested in Relief Factor, it's 833-425-7246. And MyPillow.com, put in Ledger in the promo code box. If you go to Beverly Hills Metals, by the way, uh, on their website, or if you call them, please tell them that Graham Ledger sent you, so you will get the red carpet Graham Ledger um, treatment. Now, back to elections, and elections have consequences. Oh, GrahamLedger.com. By the way, we have the ledger register. Will a majority of ballots collected in the September 14 election trigger a recall of Governor Gavin Newsom? Now, remember, in California, there's 20 million more or less uh, registered voters, so-called. Uh, 10 million of those are Democrat. 5 million are Republican. 5 million are no party preference, which tend to break a little bit toward the Democrats, historically speaking. So the numbers are overwhelmingly in favor of the Re Democrats in California, if, um, if all they need to do is have 51%, 52%, maybe 55% of the people in California who get one of these, just take a minute to fill it out. There's only two questions on there. Do you want to recall the governor? And who do you want to replace him with? So these Democrats, all they need is for people 51, 52, by my calculation, percent to take a minute and fill this out and stick it in the mail and Voila! If, that is, if this is a legitimate count. If you don't factor the electronic balloting where they can say, oh, well, this county looks like it's going uh, for Larry Elder, or this county looks like it's going for Kevin Kiley, or this county looks like it's going for Caitlyn Jenner. We need to stuff a few more ballots in there. Oh, magically, it goes for Gavin Newsom. This is the problem. This is the problem. But these elections, we have, they have consequences. And the headline out of the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street do Journal is doing some journalism. U.S. warns of Islamic State threat to Americans in Afghanistan. The evacuation effort now is in jeopardy. And, oh, by the way, not only is ISIS there, Al-Qaeda is there, and the Taliban. Now, There'll be some reporting saying that these factions don't get along and they want to destroy each other. In the end, it's all about Alu Akbar. And if they can work in unison or separately to destroy the United States, that's what they're going to do. 
And if they can take American hostages in Afghanistan, that's what they're going to do. That's what their goal is. And so we've got untold number of Americans stuck there behind enemy lines. And it's because of what Joe Biden has done, the hasty retreat without getting our people out first. This is insanity. Anybody could have seen this coming. You know, we pulled out of Iraq. We didn't have a large contingent of Americans there. And Obama just pulled out and boom, the vacuum was filled by the Islamic State. Well, the Islamic State was wiped out effectively, didn't have at least some territory to call its own by Donald Trump. Elections have consequences. Joe Biden gets into the White House illegitimately and bam, ISIS is back. ISIS is back, ladies and gentlemen, in in, in Afghanistan. Working in unison, working separately with the Taliban, who cares? I heard some ding-dong on one of the Sunday shows ask another ding-dong of the Biden administration, or maybe it was Liz Cheney they were talking to, is the Taliban a threat to America? Is the sky blue? Is the Pope a Marxist? Is Joe Biden senile? Unbelievable. I mean, what kind of a journalist quote are you to ask, is the Taliban a threat to America or Americans, you moron? So this is, this is the media right now. This is the state of the mainstream media, except for a, a few outlets and, and some outlets that happen to swerve into what we might call journalism, like what the Wall Street Journal um, is doing. So there's a direct threat abroad to Americans, and it's these terrorists the Taliban, or as Joe Biden says, the Taliban, um, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS. It's out there. They want to slit our throats. They want to destroy our country. And if they can keep those Americans hostage in Afghanistan, oh boy. Then what? Then what, Joe Biden? What are you going to do then? And how do you send a rescue team or teams in there? How do you get them out now? that you've pulled out our forces. And not only did you pull out our forces, but you alerted the terrorists that you were going to do so. You gave them a timeline, you moron. I just wonder, did Patton announce to Nazi Germany, hey, you know, we're going to move up uh, through uh, North Africa into Italy. Uh, we're going to do it on this timetable, and we're going we're gonna to do it then. We're going to move these tanks uh, over here. Um, and then, and then we're going to move into uh, you know through toward uh, toward Berlin. Of course not. That's winning a battle 101. I don't have to spend many years in the military to realize that you don't want to telegraph to your enemy what you're going to do. But that's exactly what Joe Biden did. So on the international front, we've got a a real beyond a challenge. This is a threat. And the threat, in the end, is our own government. And it's an inept way it's handling international affairs vis-a-vis Afghanistan. What else is it doing we don't even know about? And at home, we've got a threat. And it's being exacerbated by the mainstream media Democrat cabal, the co-conspirators working together. FDA. FDA sends off these fireworks It has given full approval, sidestepping the normal process. The normal process for a vaccine like this is at least two years of of research. Nope. 
Not in this case. Full approval to Pfizer's COVID-19 shot, making it the first vaccine to receive, quote, full approval in the United States. What does this do? Well, you know what it's going to do. It's going to create many companies, uh, many governmental agencies to mandate that you get this jab. It's not a vaccine. It's an experimental medical device. Even if they've given it full approval, I don't care. It is an experimental medical device. mRNA has never been shot into the veins of human beings before. Had this conversation with a friend. I just don't think they understand this. The spike proteins do things to your body, including affect your DNA. They call them uh, micro blood clots. They're not, they won't even show up on a, on a regular test. On a regular, I guess they do um, an MRI to look at blood clots. These are micro blood clots. You have to go searching for them with another medical device of some kind. I don't know. The bottom line is they have fast-tracked this for political purposes. And Senator Johnson, God bless him, he sometimes swerves into doing good work. And he sent a, a, a letter. What is that going to do? Nothing. But he sent a letter that pointed out what we've been pointing out on this program. That is this so-called vaccine through the VARS reporting system has more than 12,000 reported deaths. And we know VARS has a 1% historical reporting compliance among physicians. 12,000 reported deaths due to the so-called COVID vaccine. All right. And a 1% reporting. Okay. So you do the math. You do the numbers. But in the history of the VARS, it was created, I think, in 1990, so it's been around for 31 years. In the history of the VARS, of all the vaccines combined, there's fewer than 9,000 dead. All the vaccines combined. 12,000 for COVID in, what, nine months or so? 12,000 for COVID in nine months. 9,000 in the 31-year, less than 9,000 in the 31-year history of the VARS reporting system. You want to inject that stuff in your veins? You go ahead and do it. But there are tens of millions of Americans who are not going to do it. And there is a protocol, and I'm going to put it on my website in my show notes, okay? For those of you who, you know, who want to stand firm, but then you say, what happens if I get COVID? Well, you want to, of course, take the protocol that many doctors are talking about, selenium, zinc, D, um, and vitamin C, among others, to, as a preventative. But then if you happen to get sick, too, I think that still is in order. But, you know, consult with people you trust, physicians you trust. Um, there's something called the Math Plus Hospital Treatment Protocol for COVID-19. Math Plus. Again, you can talk to somebody smarter than me about this. But this protocol includes ivermectin. Now, I want to caution you. When you read in the mainstream media about these wild cases of emergency room uh, incidents where people have taken ivermectin because they can't get it through a, a, a regular channel, a physician, or the emergency room, because doctors and um, physicians in, in emergency rooms and hospitals are being told not to administer this for COVID-19, they're being told to use remdesivir because it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Remdesivir is going to get all the profits. Ivermectin has been out there for human use for decades now. 
okay? So you have people desperate and they go and they get the cow version of it or, or the cow protocol and they overdose or whatever. I don't know what they're doing. All I know is they're, they're getting it through channels they shouldn't be getting it and they're probably administering doses of it they shouldn't be administering to themselves. So find a physician that will give the human dosage, okay, of ivermectin. And ivermectin, from the research I've seen and the doctors I've talked to and the doctors I've read about, has an almost 100% cure rate. So do what you think is best. Hydroxychloroquine, fine, throw that in there too. I don't know. It seems from the little bit of anecdotal that I've seen out there that hydroxychloroquine is more of a, a prophylactic, of a preventative, than it is a treatment. Seems that ivermectin is more of a treatment um, than it is a, a prophylactic, a preventative. So, but I'm not meting out free medical advice here, okay? I'm just telling you what I know. And I'm gonna, again, I'm going to put this on my website, gramledger.com. It is the math plus hospital treatment protocol. Um, now, the reason why I bring up Afghanistan and the FDA approval of the so-called vaccine of Pfizer is because, yes, elections do have consequences. And this report I wanted to point out to you, again, I'm going to put this on my website, uh, GrahamLedger.com. The Public Interest Legal Foundation. I've never heard of them. I've never heard of them. But they did some research. And the headline of their news release that the mainstream media did not report and completely ignored is nearly 15 million mail ballots went unaccounted in the 2020 election. This is nationwide. And they broke it down by county. And most of the counties where these ballots went unaccounted for are in, believe it or not, California. Can you believe that? And the number one county where most of the ballots are unaccounted for is Los Angeles County. Almost 1.5 million unaccounted for ballots. And the rest of the top counties, most of them are in California. Orange County, Riverside, San Diego, San Bernardino, Santa Clara, Sacramento. But there are many other counties with large numbers. That's just the top 10. Also in the top 10, by the way, is Maricopa County. Again, these are unknown ballots, unknown what happened to them. Were they counted? Were they destroyed? Were they uh, put in some sort of bin? They don't, the, the registrar of voters simply doesn't know what happened to these ballots. Odds are they were counted, right? But where did these ballots originate from? Were they legitimate to begin with? They're unknown. When you put them in this unknown category, it means unknown. Unknown what happened to them? Unknown origination? 1.5, nearly 1.5 million ballots in Los Angeles County alone. Okay, so you say to yourself, well, we know California's corrupt and it's just a corrupt state and there's nothing we can do about it. Okay, fine, but often what unfortunately happens in California happens in other states. And so Maricopa County has nearly 230,000 unaccounted for ballots. And we know the margin, as Donald Trump pointed out, was 11,000 in Arizona. And they also break down in this report undeliverable ballots, which is fascinating to me as well. Now think about this. You're sitting at home and you want to get your ballot and all of a sudden the mailman can't figure out a way to get this, so it's undeliverable. Okay, so what happened to those ballots? Maricopa County is at the top of this list 
of 110,000 undeliverable ballots. What happened to those ballots? Hmm? That's, that should be like gold. A ballot should be, it should be this color, the color of gold. And gold doesn't just go undeliverable. Gold shouldn't just go unaccounted for. Yet that is the state. 15 million unknown ballots in the 2020 election nationwide, the vast majority in California. But if you look at this report and you dig down and you look at the numbers, it's enough, certainly 15 million is enough to sway the election results. And the undeliverables are high, high numbers. And the rejected ballots, which include many in New York, counties in New York and in Washington State and in New Mexico and in Pennsylvania, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, high number of rejected ballots. And by the way, I want to point out something to you folks who live in San Diego. You have a voter corruption problem, okay? Because San Diego County is in the top 10 of all of these lists. You got a problem at your registrar of voters in San Diego County. And if I were you, San Diego County, I would march down there to the registrar of voters and ask them about these unaccounted for ballots and these undeliverable ballots and these rejected ballots. Ask them what happened to them. Your county went for Joe Biden. It what used to be a pretty red county went for Joe Biden and elected a Marxist mayor and elected a Marxist board of supervisors. Why don't you ask the registrar of voters what the hell happened to these ballots, hmm? And of course, San Diego County is part of California. It's the third largest county, maybe the second largest county in California. And it's part of this recall election. Recall or not, Governor Gavin Newsom. That is the question, but that is also the problem in California when it comes to election integrity. Joining me now is the vice president of the Election Integrity Project of California, Ruth Weiss. Ruth, uh, this report out of this uh, little known foundation, I'd never heard of this foundation until uh, I dug around. I just happened to swerve into this uh, report from the Public Interest Legal Foundation that talks about 15 million ballots in the uh, 2020 election cycle uh, unaccounted for. And then also, by the way, talks about the undeliverables, which may be as important and are significant numbers as well. But what, what, how do you interpret this thing? Is this confirmation of, of what we've uh, been talking about now for years, that the, the system is uh, effectively broken and we need to fix it? It definitely is. It really helps to create the narrative that this whole mail everybody a ballot sort of thing is just fraught with difficulties. Actually, uh, PILF is a very um, long time organization that has been doing a great deal of good work around the nation and holding a lot of states and counties within states accountable to clean their voter rolls. So they're not they're not new on on the scene. And, and uh, Jay Christian Adams, who's the head of that, is extremely well known, and uh, he actually worked uh, with us as our attorney for a while uh, in Election Integrity Project California. So uh, his research is wonderful. I do want to point out one thing, though, when they say a certain number of ballots are unaccounted for, 
that also in that number, are, and we have no way of determining what percentage of those ballots would be in this category, but we're, we're talking about ballots that people received and just chose not to use, you know, because we have the freedom not to vote. And so when they say these ballots are unaccounted for, it just means that they don't know if they reached the voter, they don't know if the voter intentionally decided not to vote or somehow the ballot got lost on the way back. So it's hard to, to disaggregate those numbers, but it does create a terrific concern about the fact that when you just mail ballots to everybody on the list without verifying with each individual that they want a ballot for this election, and that they are still in existence and they still live where they they lived the last time, you get hundreds of thousands and, and even millions across the, the nation of, of ballots just out there in the middle of nowhere that are, then are you know really easy to manipulate from beyond that. Well, they might have been counted. For example, you know, if if this ballot went unaccounted for that was mailed to Graham Ledger and then Graham Ledger still wants to vote. Then he goes down to the registrar of voters or the polling place and, and, and votes provisional ballot. That ballot is hopefully counted. And then what happens to the ballot that was sent to Graham Ledger? Well, it could have gone to the neighbor and the neighbor fills it out and it still gets counted uh, on behalf of the neighbor because there's no voter ID. There's no way of checking a mail-in ballot. And that's the kind of voter fraud that can exist in a situation like this. Um, in California, of course, you have this recall election, which is already, I hate to use the word rigged, but I don't know what else to call it. When the legislature says in the middle of the recall, as, as it was looking like he was going to face an election, they said, OK, we're going to go to all mail. And again, it, it sets the stage for uh, all kinds of voter fraud. In Los Angeles County, you have won a lawsuit that uh, has got to force the folks there to purge their voter rolls. They've done some purging. I want to hear about that. And I want to hear about a current lawsuit. Just give me a synopsis of, of the current lawsuit as well. Tell me about both of them. You bet. Well, the, the original lawsuit we filed in 2017 and uh, got a judgment, not a judgment, but actually a, um, an agreement uh, from, from the uh, defendants who said, okay, you're right, we give up. And that was in uh, January of 2019. And that in part required Los Angeles to remove over 1.5 million inactive voters from their voter rolls so they wouldn't be susceptible for um, you know, voter impersonation. It also required that they take another one and a half million and start the process of deactivating them. But it's because of federal law, it's about an eight year process on a voter to get them off the voter rolls unless we have a death certificate or something like that. So that was a good start. Um, obviously they're dragging their feet. There were some other things involved with the secretary of state having to kind of initiate the same situation in other counties. But the sad news is that even with that lawsuit having been won, um, up until uh, 2020, our, our statistics showed that we had about um, somewhere between 11 and 13 of California's 58 counties had a, uh, a registration rate that was in excess of 100% of the number of eligible citizens. And that skyrocketed in 2020. We now have 23 counties over that 100% level. So right, just, I just wanna repeat, I wanna repeat that. So 23 counties in California and their 58 counties have more registered voters than there are eligible voters. Is that correct? That's correct. And the vast majority of the rest of the counties are in the high 90%, which is still absolutely, uh, you know, uncredible, uncredible. 
you know, you cannot believe that. So that's the situation with that. There's a lot more follow-up that needs to be done on, on that initial win, but it was a good start and, uh, and it, it caused uh, the, the registrars to now have a different manual to follow in terms of what the rules are so that now at least their instruction manual for cleaning their voter rolls is in alignment with federal law. And that was a good win. We just, there's more to do. There's a great deal more to do. All right. So as, as we had, you kind of hurdle in California toward this um, unprecedented, and it is unprecedented in many ways, recall election. You figure, uh, election integrity project figures in the neighborhood of a half a million um, more ballots will be mailed out than there are eligible voters in California. The numbers that I've looked at uh, say point to more like maybe two million or so. Um, is the half a million figure a conservative number? Extremely. I think the reality is somewhere about halfway between our number and your number. In, in reality, Graham, we don't give any numbers. We can't prove it a 98% rate of, of absoluteness. So there are a lot of people out there that we could have included in our total. But for example, they have a very common name and we don't we don't go with those because we know that, that the error rate could be greater. So we're very, very conservative in our numbers. And, and we also, on top of those, half million, we know that there are going to be uh, over 100,000 ballots where people will receive more than one. And uh, we followed that in 2020 and we have, we, we put out a, a press release of, of all of the numbers of the people who received more than one ballot and those who actually returned more than one ballot and have more than one vote recorded in their name. We also have a really weird thing in California which either speaks to complete fraud or complete incompetence in record keeping. And that is we have an enormous number of, of uh, people in excess, I mean, an, an enormous number of votes cast in excess of the number of voters who voted. So California really needs to be looking at this and not just brush it off and say, oh, well, which is basically what the legislators at this point are doing. And they're beating the drum that this was the most successful, most clean, most uh, everything election ever. And so we're just going to make this the pattern for the future. And uh, yeah, it, it was successful if you want one that is completely uh, devoid of election integrity. Certainly it was very successful that way. How many counties do you think in California uh, produce uh, excess votes, more votes than uh, registered voters? Do you have a number or is it a percentage at all? Yes, the numbers we put out were actually broken down by county and, you know, some counties produce a very small number and then some counties uh, are much more egregious, uh, depending in it. And of course, the size of the county matters. But we do know that there are some counties that are really making a very big effort and doing a really good job and other counties that really appear not to right. care a whole lot about that element. But you asked about our, our current lawsuit. I want to get that in here, Graham. Uh, we have filed a lawsuit against uh, all of the, the executives, the state of California and 13 registrars of voters uh, on behalf of VIPCA and uh, 13 congressional candidates. And the basis of that lawsuit is that there are 20 some odd California election laws that are currently in implementation that we are alleging in our lawsuit uh, violate the US constitution uh, in four separate clauses. And so we are look, asking the courts to look at those laws and, and look at, compare them to those four sections of the constitution and declare those laws unconstitutional so that California and then other states with the same or similar laws as well would be impacted 
can get back to a system that has a great deal more integrity in it. Um, there's a lot more to the lawsuit and people can go to our website, which is eip-ca.com and they can download a PDF of the, of the complaint and, and see what else is in that lawsuit. But it's a very significant lawsuit, which we expect to uh, eventually have to be adjudicated at the Supreme Court. It is currently uh, on its way to appeal in the Ninth Circuit. My, uh, I recently spoke to my uncle who lives in Colorado. He's lived there for 10 years now. And he told me that he gets a ballot uh, from California every time there's an election. You know, that is how screwed up this. And he's you know, told him I don't live in California anymore many, many times. And he's just kind of exacerbated and given up. Um, but um, when when you look at voter fraud, I'm crunched on time here now. Um, uh, Ruth, but it, can you list a few of the main problems with when you go to uh, all vote by mail, what, uh, how much voter fraud and what kind of voter fraud um, is out there? Yes, especially when you put that together with uh, unrestricted ballot harvesting, you can turn in just about anything. And because of the relaxed signature verification rules, it, it's almost impossible for them to deny a signature. And so you have the, the perfect storm of letting any ballot that gets sent in probably is going to be accepted. Mm. And that means that if you can get your hands on one that 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 was an extra or that went to someone who doesn't live there anymore, if, if you can get a hold of one before it gets to, to people uh, people's home, if you get duplicates, all of that, all of those ballots are susceptible. And the number of stacks of ballots we find sitting on top of mailbox rows in places like apartments that are no longer deliverable because those people don't live there. Mm -hmm. And so the postal delivery people just put it on top of the box and anyone could go by, grab those ballots. And now they have all those ballots that they can vote. It's a, it's a disaster. And, and, and this all vote by mail thing uh, can never, never lead to a fair and honest and transparent election. All right. Now uh, you have a warning before I let you go. These ballots being mailed out to all Californians and uh, they come with a nifty little envelope that's uh, no postage necessary, blah, 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 blah. You're telling folks in California, don't mail it. Why? We're telling po folks in California, don't submit their vote in an envelope because no matter how, quote, safely you think you've turned it in, it's subject to so many hands and so much uh, processing that any any place along the way, including duplication. So many ballots get copied over. And so you have no idea whether it was copied over the way you marked it. And you will have no idea whether your ballot was one of the ones copied over, but significant percentages do get copied over for various and sundry reasons. So we say don't submit that ballot at all. Take it to a polling location. And every Californian has the right to do this. They have polling locations in many counties open 11 days. Most of the rest of them are open at least four days, and then the rest are at least open on election day. They can take their ballot in there, surrender it, have it destroyed bef before their eyes, and cast a real in-person ballot that goes through no processing. It's turned in in a sealed envelope, or not envelope, it's in a sealed box. It is removed from that sealed box, goes to the tabulator. Nobody inspects it. Nobody manipulates it. Nobody copies it over. It's a much safer way to vote. And we encourage everyone to do that if they want to protect their vote. All right. So in other words, you, you take this down there and you surrender, they destroy it, and then you cast a, a ballot in person. That's effectively Correct. what you're saying to do. Correct. There you go. Uh, Ruth Weiss, uh, what's the website if folks want more information again? EIP dash ca.com and then just click on the california icon uh and and you'll get right in all right ruth keep up the great work at election integrity Pro integrity project thank you thank you graham
All right, so in my mind, the solution to this problem is something that the framers of the Constitution would have never conceived of when they were building the founding document. And that is a constitutional amendment for elections in this country. Very simply, several things put in this constitutional amendment that there is an election day, not an election month. It's not like Hanukkah where it's over a week or two weeks or three weeks and you can't vote after the election. That there would be at local time, eight o'clock, the polls close, period. And if you didn't get in line, you don't vote. Sorry, you turn in your homework late, it doesn't count. At least that's the way it used to be. Probably isn't like that anymore. Probably isn't homework anymore. So eight o'clock local time, there is an election day. If you want to vote by mail, you can, but you must get it notarized. Period. You want to vote by mail? That's fine. You have a legitimate excuse? That's fine. You got to get it notarized. And then it counts. You got to get it witnessed and notarized. Pretty simple concept. And one more thing. Voter ID. Signature match? Fine. Maybe. You want to do signature match on top of voter ID? That's great. A little extra layer of protection there of the, the franchise? Wonderful. But voter ID, in the end, is the way to go. In New York right now, if you want to go sit down inside a restaurant, apparently you have to show some sort of proof along with an ID that you've had one of the jabs. So in 2024, when we vote for President of the United States, wouldn't it be great if we, when we went to the polls on election day, not election month, showed some form of ID to prove we are who we are when we're electing the next president of the United States. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>